You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. situation is today, God can fulfill that particular situation because He is the M, the I am, the present one, the becoming one. God, I am your peace. I am your strength. I am your help. I am your guide. I am your righteousness. I am your salvation. I am your hope. I am the calm in the midst of the storm. I am your friend when you're lonely. I am your joy. I am your comfort. God can be whatever it is that you need for Him today. No matter where you are in life, and no matter the situation you're in, God promises to always be the source of strength that you need. Today, Pastor Dave is going to show you that whether it's comfort in sadness, strength to push through hard times, or someone to be there for you, God promises to provide for it all. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 6, as he continues his message, The Bread of Life. be ever so careful. The coming of the lawless one, Paul says, is the Antichrist. We know signs and wonders from God are obviously good things, but they should not form the foundation of our faith. Signs and wonders should not form the foundation of our faith. My faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. That is the basis for my faith. What he did on the cross is the basis for my faith. We should not depend upon signs and wonders to prove God for us. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We walk by faith, not by sight. I look at one commentator said this. I love this. Listen to this. Quote, in themselves, signs and wonders cannot change the heart. Israel saw incredible signs at Mount Sinai and even heard the voice of God. Yet a short time later, they worship the golden calf, unquote. Why did the Jews seek signs and wonders from Jesus? There's a reason that I found out. It's pretty interesting. Jesus claimed to be God. He claimed to be equal with God. We had that whole study on the claims of Jesus, remember, in chapter 5. Jesus claimed to be equal with God. He claimed that he came from God, which meant he was the Messiah. It meant he was the Messiah, the one that God would send. But the rabbis of that day actually taught that when the Messiah came, he would duplicate Moses' miracles. The Messiah would duplicate the manna coming down from heaven. So the Jews who think this is the Messiah naturally are saying, okay, show us a miracle. Where's the bread? Where's the manna coming down from heaven? If you claim to be the Messiah, if you want us to believe that you're sent from God, bring the bread down. They're still thinking physically. They're still thinking with their tums. We're hungry. Do for us what Moses did. Look at verse 31, back on John. Look at verse 31. Our fathers ate manna in the desert, as it written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Show us, show us. Their faith wasn't based on the truth in God's word. Their faith was based on what they could see, what they could eat. 
how they could fill their stomach. That's what their faith is. And this is a dangerous place for us to be. If all you're relying on is a sign or a wonder to prove God to you and to do something for you, you could be easily swayed into believing the lie. Here's why. In verse 31, they quote Psalm 78, 24. If you read Psalm 78, it's all about rebellion. It's all about rebellion, how the Jews rebelled against God and his order. So here they are basically quoting a psalm that's convicting them. That's how confused they were. One commentator I read said this, quote, by magnifying the miracles of Moses, they undervalued the miracle of Jesus. Jesus fed 5,000 for one day. Moses fed hundreds of thousands for 40 years. And they lifted Moses up above Jesus Christ. We had this conversation. I know of Jews today who still lift Moses up above Jesus Christ. They still lift them up because that's what they're taught. But Jesus is the truth. And he wants the people to understand the truth. He wants people to know the truth, to be set free by the truth. So he replies and he corrects their thinking. Look at 32 and 33. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, verily, verily, for you King James people, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven. But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. It wasn't Moses. It was my Father. It was my Father that sent the bread from heaven. And here Jesus calls God his Father once again, claiming that equal this, claiming that one name. He's saying, get your eyes off Moses and put them back on God. Get your eyes off Moses and put them on God. Jesus was speaking of something greater than manna. He was speaking something then greater than anything. He was speaking about himself. He was relying on himself. What God gave the fathers in the wilderness is past. It's done. And he's going to say, when we read next week, that your fathers ate man in heaven and they still died. They're gone. Father is now giving them the true bread. The Father is giving to them. Our God is a giving God. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He's giving to the world the true bread. Jesus stands before them. Jesus is standing right before them saying these things. They saw the miracles. They saw him. They hear his words. They said nobody can speak like that unless he's from God. Even Nicodemus said nobody can do the things you do unless God shows you. And they don't believe. They don't believe. But in verse 34, the crowd becomes intrigued. Look at verse 34. They said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. (laughs) Very similar. Remember when Jesus said to the Samaritan woman, The water I give you, you'll never thirst again. What was her reply? Give me the water. These guys are saying, give us this bread. Yeah, give us this stuff. We want it. Did they really want what Jesus offered? Did they really understand what Jesus was offering? I don't think they did. I think they were still looking for a physical need. They were still looking for a feeling. Then Jesus answers them with this glorious news, this beautiful, beautiful statement as we read in verse 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. In his answer, Jesus says, okay, forget Moses, please. Forget earthly bread. Forget the material thing. Forget about me being king. Let's look at what really counts. Let's start talking about spiritual realities. Let's get all the physical behind us. They need to put their confidence now in Jesus Christ as the true bread of God. Now, I don't know about you, But there are areas in my lives that never seem to be satisfied. There are areas that are always crying out for more, more, more. 
And although we pursue the pleasures of the excitements of the thrills of the world, we quickly learn one thing, that these treasures and the thrills and the excitements, they just don't last. They don't last. They don't fulfill. It wasn't long before we were hungering and thirsting again, was it? I don't know about you, but me. Jesus said, I am the bread of heaven. God has sent me. And if you eat of me, and you'll never hunger again. And if you believe in me, you'll never thirst again. He explained that the one who comes is him. That is the one who receives him. If you come to Jesus and receive him, receive him spiritually, believe upon him, you're going to find spiritual satisfaction for your hunger and spiritual satisfaction for your thirst. Jesus clearly identified what he was speaking about. The true bread that came from heaven is him. The true bread that came from heaven is him. And he didn't only come for Israel, praise God, he came for the world. In fact, we're going to read that the manna that came down from heaven is a type of Christ. He is the bread of life. He is the bread of the world. He didn't come to just sustain physical life. He came to give life and life eternal. And as we continue in this little mini sermon of his, we're going to find out that he's talking about his coming down seven times, God's perfect number, seven times, his perfect work. This statement once declared, declares that he is God. The manna from heaven that our fathers ate was a type of Christ, he's saying. And now the true bread from heaven is standing before you. Jesus is the bread of life. The true bread that came down from heaven, even being born in the house of bread, Bethlehem, house of bread. Jesus fulfilled it. Now this verse in John 6 is one of seven great I am statements in the gospel of John. I am the bread of life. And we're going to study each one as we get to them. Where does this come from? This I am statement. Well, you got to go back to Exodus 3.14 when Moses went up to the burning bush. When Moses went up to see the burning bush and God told him all the things that he was going to do. Moses really didn't want to do that, so he kept on looking for things that he could talk to God about. And he finally comes up with this one, Lord, how are they going to know it's you? And who are they going to say? Who sent you? What am I going to say? I'm paraphrasing. What am I going to say? What am I going to say? God said to him, I am that I am. I am sent you. I am. In the Hebrews, it's Hayah. H-A-Y-A-H. In the Greek, it's Ego Amy. E-I-M-I. Ego, E-G-O, E-I-M-I. Ego Amy. It means to become. To become. To make happen. Moses said, who shall I say sent me? God says, I am that I am. Now, God is declaring this new relationship with Moses. I am that I am. Whatever you're going to need, that's what I am. God is a verb. Our God is a verb. I am the becoming one. And God always wants you to know that whatever in your particular situation is today, God can fulfill that particular situation because he is the am, the I am, the present one, the becoming one. God, I am your peace. I am your strength. I am your help. I am your guide. I am your righteousness. I am your salvation. I am your hope. I am the calm in the midst of the storm. I am your friend when you're lonely. I am your joy. I am your comfort. God can be whatever it is that you need for him today. Ladies and gentlemen, we all need salvation. God is our salvation. He has given us salvation through Jesus Christ. And we all need that first and foremost. But he also can give us all those other things through Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ is our peace. 
And he gives us that peace. Christ is our comfort, and he gives us that comfort. I can all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ is my strength. Everything we need from God is found in the person, Jesus Christ. And he gives it constantly, give it to us, constantly flowing out to us. Whatever you need today, God will become that for you. How beautiful is that? How gorgeous is that of our God? The name I am, it's connected to the name Yahweh. And this is not a new name. It's not an unknown name because it appears some 160 times in the book of Genesis. Moses' mother's was named Yashabel, which basically means Yahweh is my glory. That's what Yoshabel means. Moses and Israel knew the name Yahweh. God didn't give Moses a previously unknown name. He gave them a name that they would understand, a name that they would know. He called them back to the faith of their patriarchs. He called them back to the faith that was exhibited and exampled by Abraham. Man, it's incredible. What do you need God be today? You need healing? Jehovah Jireh, God our healer. What do you need today from God? Verse 36 says, But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. They saw the miracles of the loaves and fishes. And we were looking that this takes place way after a lot of things that had already previously took place. They had seen other miracles. They had heard Jesus speak, and yet they still won't believe. They had tasted, they had seen, but they would not believe. How many of us have tasted and seen Jesus' miracles in our lives? How many of us still don't believe today? How many of us have forgotten all that he has accomplished in our lives up until now? Remember when they built the stone? They called it Ebenezer because God has been good to us so far and they knew that God would continue to be good to them. We could all build little monuments of stone and call them Ebenezers because God has gotten us to this point in our lives. God has sustained us. How many of us are still seeking him for what the signs and wonders we can do? Lord, show us a sign. How many of us say to Jesus, what have you done for me lately? How many look at all the things going on in our life and go, that's not enough, I need more. How many of us think Jesus is nothing but a glorified Santa Claus? I get what I want. That's a horrible thought. A horrible thought. It breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. That's no different than I was. No different than I was before I really came to know Christ, before I really accepted and really truly believed. You can say the words all you want, but until it becomes true in your heart, there's something wrong, something missing. Something doesn't happen. You can fool me, you can fool everybody else, but you can't fool God until you say it and mean it in your heart and there starts to be a change in your heart and a change in your life and something happens in you. It's not true. It's not true. Then Jesus speaks these glorious words in verse 37. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will by no means cast out. Man, I'll tell you what, if your soul's trembling, this is good news. This is glorious news because Satan's probably telling you, ah, there's no sense in going to that God. He doesn't want anything to do with you. You're a failure. You'll always be a failure. You'll never amount to anything. What's wrong with you? God won't receive you. And then you start to think that God won't receive you. And then you do the one thing that'll prove that God won't receive you. You don't come. You don't come to God. I'm too far gone. I'm too much down the pike. I can never come back. You can never, ever stray too far that God won't take you back. 
You can never stray so far that God won't bring you back into his love. This is encouraging words to your troubled spirit. You who Satan has been beaten up for a long, long time, telling you that not worthy, telling you that God doesn't want you. He's a liar. Point blank, he is a liar. And those of you who believe into that, you're believing the lie. And you can go around in your pompous way and go, well, that's fine. You don't have to answer to me. I'm just a messenger. I'm just putting it out there. You can answer to God when the time comes. Well, I'll show God a thing or two. Good, I want to be there. I want to watch when you tell God a thing or two. I want to watch. Don't believe the lie. All you have to do is come to Jesus. And he says, I won't cast you out. And he comes to me, I won't cast you out. Look at 38. For I, Jesus says, have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. We've talked about this before. Jesus doesn't have his own agenda. He only does what the Father does. He only says what the Father's saying. He came to show the Father to us. We've never seen the Father. Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. Look at me. I didn't come to do my will. I come to do his will. Commentator says, quote, as Jesus invited them to come to him, he also reminded them that it was safe to come to him. He wasn't interested in his own agenda, but in his father will. If you come to me, you'll get to the father. I just want to take you to the father. I just want to show you the father. It's a safe thing. 39a says, this is the will of the father who sent me. Oh, finally, we get to know what God's will is. All right, we've all been waiting for this one. Get your books and your paper out. We've all been waiting for the will of God. Here it comes. Believe upon Jesus Christ. Believe upon Jesus Christ. This is the will of God. And the rest of 39 says that all he has given me, I should not lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. Do you understand who Jesus is? Are you tired of working for the meat that perishes? Jesus says this, of all that God has given to me, I'm not going to lose anything. I'm not going to lose anything. What was he referring to? Well, yes, he was referring to us. But he was referring to the 12 loaves and the fishes. He was referring to that. What did they collect? They collect crumbs and parcels. They collected that all after it was us. Well, guys, ladies and gentlemen, standing before you is nothing but a crumb. I'm a crumb. I'm a fragment. But God collected me. God collected me. He collected me. He pulled me out. If you feel like you're a crumb today, if you feel like you're a fragment, if you're like feeling like nobody, Jesus is saying, come to me. Come to me. See, he uses two huge words in this block of time. He says, come to me and believe. Come and believe. Come and believe. This is what he's calling you to today. Come and believe. Okay, you're a crumb. I love you. I died for crumbs like you. I died for fragments. Come to me and believe. Come to me. I may be insignificant in this world when you look around, but Jesus loved me. Jesus went to a cross and died for me. And you can say the same for you too, that Jesus loves you. And Jesus went to a cross and died for you. That doesn't make you insignificant to him. That doesn't make you a crumb to him. That makes you a precious jewel. That makes you a precious person. That makes you precious in his sight. We sang this song, red and yellow, black and white. We are precious in his sight, right? Jesus loved the little children of the world. He loves you because he thinks you're precious. If you weren't precious, he would not have died for you. You are precious to him. And he's saying today, listen, 
Everyone who comes to me, I'll take with me to the end. I'll take them to the resurrection. Jesus is saying, even if you fail, I got you covered. I got you covered. Why did he say that? Because he knows you're going to fail. <laughs> he knows we're all going to fail short. We're all going to flounder one of these days. Founder, flounder, you can use the same word. Have you experienced this promise in your life? Is this promise true to you? Is this promise something that you just, oh, you lean on, you hold to? And this is something you wake up every morning going, oh, yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you. We're going to celebrate in a minute Jesus dying on a cross. And some of you might go, oh, celebrate. Absolutely. We're going to remember what he did on that cross. We're going to remember his sacrifice. And it's going to give us hope. It's going to give us joy. It's going to give us peace for what he did because he loved us so. Let's finish out verse 40. And this is the will of him who sent me. Still talking about the will of the Father. That everyone, everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Read that again. And this is the will of him who sent me. That a few that I've chosen, a couple of the elite, a couple of the in crowd, a couple of the higher high mucky mucks. No. It says everyone. Everyone who comes to him, everyone who sees him, everyone who comes to him and then believes in him, Christ is going to give them life and then take him to eternal life. Wow. You know, I hate to be clicheous, but it doesn't get any better than that. It really doesn't get any better than that. You're sitting here today and you haven't made that decision to come to Christ and believe. Oh my goodness. Everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him may have everlasting life. This is a destiny. This is a wonderful destiny. This is a wonderful destiny for all of us who come to the Father. Are you assured of this today? Are you assured of this? Do you have this assurance that you are going to be one of those? You can be. When the Jews were in the wilderness and the manna fell down from heaven... They had to stop what they were doing. They had to go out and they had to collect it. They had to stoop down. They had to pick up the manna, put it in their little sack. They could only collect it for that day. It was only good for that day. They couldn't hide it and store it because worms would get into it and would rot. Now, when it came to the Sabbath, they were allowed to collect a double portion so they'd have some for the Sabbath so that they wouldn't be caught breaking the law of the Sabbath. They couldn't store it for another day. Jesus came and said, I'm the bread of life. I am the manna which has come from heaven. So what we need to do is we need to slow down from our hectic days. Slow down from our hectic days. And we need to stoop down. And we need to pick up the bread of life. We need to pick up the bread of life which is new every morning. Which is new for us every single day. And we need to partake of it every single day. And enjoy what Christ has listened to. You may say, well, I listen to tapes on the way to work. That's great. That's good. That's a really good thing. But Christ isn't in the fast food business. Christ needs you to slow down and listen to him. Slow down and partake of him. Slow down and look to him for all your needs. Jehovah, Yahweh, the becoming one. What is it that you need today? He feeds us right where we are. He feeds us in his presence and he gives us. You are sure. Our time with you is coming to an end today on A Sure Hope. On our next edition, Pastor Dave Shank will continue this journey through the book of John. But for now, you can listen to more teachings from this series online at assurehoperadio.com. 
We encourage you to download these messages so that they are available wherever you go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for A Sure Hope and see the latest editions as soon as they're posted. If you're enjoying these teachings and would like to get more involved with the church behind this ministry, we'd love to meet you at Calvary Chapel Cape May for a time of worship and Bible study. We meet weekly on Sundays at 10 a.m. Give us a call for more information. Our number is 609-884-5821. Again, that's 609-884-5821. Otherwise, you can visit Assure Hope Radio for times and directions. If you're not able to join us in person, we're streaming our services on Facebook Live. Just look for the link on our website at assurehoperadio.com. Thanks for listening to today's message in the book of John. We pray you continue to be blessed as you study the Word and that you discover how God's doing great things in your life. We look forward to you joining us again as Pastor Dave has more to share from this book that entails where Jesus walked and the amazing wonders he performed while here on earth. He's still doing wonders today too. Come hear about that next time on A Sure Hope.